Welcome to another episode of The Doctor Says. I'm Shreya. I'm Iman. And I'm Zalak. We're three college best friends sharing our journey in medicine. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about MCAT prep and taking care of yourself while studying for the MCAT. I think I speak for all three of us when I say that, to put it quite frankly, the MCAT sucks. Yeah. Yep, the MCAT is hard, and the MCAT is... The MCAT is hard, and the MCAT is important. <laughs> Bro, I needed you to finish the line, and you failed. <laughs> I had to think about it. I had to think about it. Yeah, first of all, screw that ad. PTSD. I know um, Iman probably has more PTSD from it. Did they uh, make you listen to that every time you did your course? Yeah, was it like a... You know how, like... In, in Texas, not sure how many of our listeners aren't from Texas, but if you didn't already know, every morning in elementary school and middle school and high school, we say not only the Pledge of Allegiance to the U.S. flag, but also to the Texas flag. So Iman, our question to you, was this your Pledge of Allegiance at the beginning of every Princeton Review course? No, but on our first day, they did say it as a joke. On our first day, they were like, you probably know about this ad. And they said the line. And I was just like, God help me. I can't. Please get me. You saw your future. You saw your future when you. Honestly. And the name of the course that I took was called Winter Hell Boot Camp. Yeah. So Iman's um, MCAT studying consisted of the course. Like she did the course and she did a boot camp for it. While me and Shreya decided we are not going to do a course and we are going to self-study. So we'll talk about how that went for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> so honestly, I think this is a perfect segue into one of the ways that people tend to study for the MCAT, which is through using a prep course of some kind. And I know Iman studied with the Princeton course. So Iman, do you want to tell us a little bit more about that, the pros and cons of it. Would you recommend it? Yeah, sure. I can go into detail about uh, how the Princeton course went for me. So I took this course in winter 2019, and the name was Winter Hell Boot Camp. And it truly was hell because you crammed in the entire MCAT content in three and a half weeks. Um. I have a question. Did that include weekends? Like, were you doing the prep course on the weekends as well? I genuinely don't remember, but I want to say that we had Sundays off. But again, I don't remember. It was back in 2019 when I took the course. I do know that with the five-week courses, they had it Monday through Friday. So if mine was three and a half weeks, weekends probably were included. Wow. That yeah, it's, it's very intense. A lot of the students that were taking the test, some of them were retaking the MCAT and they were doing this boot camp so they can take their test in January. Were you planning on taking it in January also? I had thoughts about taking it in January at first. I was just going to use this boot camp as my studying and I was all set for January. But I took practice tests and I didn't think I was ready for the January exam, and I thought it was too soon. When you sign up for the test, you're just counting down the days. You know it's coming soon, and it's super <laughs> scary. 
yeah, I definitely think when you hit that, you know, submit button when you're picking your date, it makes things a lot more real. Like my heart was pounding and it's like six yeah. months before the exam and I'm signing up. Yeah. And I'm like, it's, oh, scary. it's actually happening. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it was like a race to sign up for a test date. So like, do you remember, I think when we were signing up for our second one, like when like signing up for a retake, we were put in like a a line. I had the same exact thing happen to me because this was during COVID. So it was 2020. Our tests were getting postponed. Everybody was trying to get a new date. The site mm-hmm. crashed. We were put on wait lists and it, it was insane. It was crazy. Yeah, I remember like I had a number. They were yeah. like, you are numbers 687. I think we knew beforehand that like this is the process that they were using. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they had sent us out an email beforehand. So I remember me and Zalik, whatever time was that it was opening at, we were like ready 10 minutes before. But after like when the time hit and the site opened, we realized that if you had had the website open 30 minutes in advance and you were waiting, you were placed earlier in the wait list. So yeah. it wasn't just about who got into the website first. It was literally how much early, like how early were you in literally getting to the website as if the exam wasn't stressful enough they're making registration even more stressful like where is the your laptop shut down bro (laughs) oh i had it charged it was it was ready to go that was one of my i was like my laptop is not gonna crash right now this is not gonna happen it also took us like that happened to me and it I it also took us two hours to get into registering our laptops were open the yeah. entire time we were mm-hmm. able to do other stuff on our laptops but i would constantly go back and check what number i am on the waiting list yeah. and every oh, five and if minutes, you refreshed I think you were done for it. If you refreshed or went backwards, you had to start all over. Mm -mm. Not sure what the case is now, but given that, you know, we're still in a pandemic, hopefully it's better for you guys out there. Yeah. Hopefully when you're listening to this, it's much better. What are some pros and cons that you would say to incoming students who are pre-med or thinking about taking the MCAT soon? And would you recommend it? I'd say that the course is a pretty good refresher just to go over the basics again. I think that if you are to take it, please take it over an extended period of time. Maybe if it's three months over the summer or two months over the summer, anything like that. Three and a half weeks is very little time to actually get all that information in. And I feel that it could lead to burnout. So those are the cons for me. If it was done over an extended period of time, it, w- it would have been better. The pro for me is that there is a lot of material. You have your own Princeton portal where they have practice exams and video lessons for you to learn the material and follow through with it. And they're very short and to the point. And we got all the books as well. I know that Princeton courses are very expensive. That's another con. It's very expensive. But you're getting a lot of material out of it, a lot of practice material. You can't even run out. I didn't even finish everything. So like I went through my books. There's this big science workbook with over a thousand passages for all of the science-based sections. And then they have a separate cars book too. 
do you think you used those materials to your advantage or do you wish that you had used them more? I think I used it to my advantage. I tried my best to answer all of the questions in the books. Um, if I didn't know anything, I would go through all of the explanations, try to see what was wrong. And Princeton is known to be harder. So I think if you're working with harder material, it will prepare you for the exam. But sometimes it can be demoralizing when you're taking these exams and you get a low score. Yeah, I I know some people, um, some of my friends who were like a year or two older, some of them took the Princeton review course and they said that their scores on the Princeton practice exams were basically deflated. So when they went to go take an actual double AMC practice exam, they were scoring, you know, five, six points higher. So I think that's one thing everyone should, if, if you decide to go ahead with a prep course in general, is it might deflate your score. But, you know, again, everyone's different. I know some people who were scoring higher on Princeton Review than they were on the actual double AMC practice exam. So mm -hmm. everyone's a different case, but definitely something to keep in the back of your mind if you are deciding to go ahead with this prep course. Yeah, and another thing that Iman mentioned is like, doing the course over a longer period of time. With that post-bac program I mentioned in the Gap Years podcast, they actually had us do the Princeton course if we were going to take the MCAT in January. So they had the students take the MCAT if um, we needed to, if like say the application cycle didn't work out. That way we have a backup, we have a higher score, um, and we can send updates to schools after that and maybe get an interview later in the cycle. So we started the course in September, so it was a three-month course, and it was definitely a lot less stressful than what Iman was saying, but there is a lot of material, and I think if you don't use the material to your advantage, then you're not getting what you need out of the course. If you can commit to that, I feel like the course is something that you should definitely do, but if you can't, then I don't think it's worth it. So I think one of the biggest things with the MCAT and studying for it is that there is a lot of material and you want to be efficient in covering all of that material so you still have enough time before your actual test date to do enough practice questions and get comfortable with the way AAMC asks their questions, but you also want a thorough content review. So being efficient, but also being thorough, which is, it's hard to balance. It really is because there's just so much. You're literally studying all of the science courses you have ever taken. So I think that's definitely something to keep in the back of your mind as well. And something that I just wanted to add was they did teach us a lot of tips and tricks. When you're taking the course, you pick up on small things that make a difference because you want to try and get as many questions as you can write on this exam. So those tips and tricks do come in uh, handy. Something that I learned is that after content review, you know, if you've done well in your classes, you've gone through your content review, you know the material. You know the material. The MCAT is not testing your rote memorization. They want to see if you can apply your foundational knowledge to complex situations. Some things I would see in passages would be this cell has a cysteine in it. And then a question will talk about uh, disulfide bridges. Well, you need to know cysteine has the SH. 
it's a lot more critical thinking than it is like it's not testing how smart you are it's testing how well you can apply what you know and another way i would put it is also how well can you take this exam and that that'll especially come in handy in sections like cars because that's like not any content that's pure like how do i approach each of these passages and questions yeah and that's why i think that it's very important to take practice exams and do practice questions because the more you practice the more you're increasing your test taking ability or your test taking skills yeah and i wanted to add that i know it's scary but the first step in starting to study for your mcat is to take practice exam you have to i know it sucks you're gonna feel scared you might feel that okay how am i gonna pass this exam because you're gonna see your score and think it's terrible no you have to do it so you know where your base knowledge is at and what you have to work on moving forward Another thing that I think me and Shreya both did since we did self-study is make a schedule. And that's very, very important because when you're self-studying, there's no instructor that's going to be like, hey, turn this in. Hey, you have homework. You need to do this. Like it is you're keeping yourself accountable. So you need to have a schedule and you need to stick by it. Yeah, sometimes, you know, things come up and a little bit of stuff will change here and there and shift. But you can't be shifting your entire schedule. Like once you have it set, you commit to finishing what you have each day and then you feel accomplished at the end of the day. From what Zalak and Shreya are talking about in regards to schedules, that's probably another pro with the Princeton because I did have somebody telling me, hey, you have to turn this in during this time. You have to complete these things. With self-studying, it forces you to be disciplined. And that's a skill that you need for medical school and moving forward. So you're just learning earlier, honestly. It honestly is like, it depends on where you're at. And if you think that you are disciplined enough to self-study, then self-study. If you think that you need a guided course and you need instruction, do the guided course. You know, every person is different. Everybody, everybody studies differently. So Shreya and I self-studied for the MCAT both times we took it. Shreya, you want to talk a little bit about how that process was for both of us? Because we were literally together the entire time. We lived together. And when we were not together, we were quarantining and we were on FaceTime every day studying. So we did go through the entire process of studying together, quite uh, literally. <laughs> that is very true. So to dive more into that, I guess a little fun fact I'll put out there is that both times that me and Zelik took the MCAT, we actually took it together, like on the same date, both times. Yeah. So when we say we studied together, we mean we studied <laughs> together. Basically, I actually started studying for the MCAT in summer of 2019. So all of June, all of July, I'm studying, I'm studying every single day, but I never signed up for a test date. So I just kind of spent two and a half months going through the Kaplan books and doing practice questions for nothing. Again, this was a moment of fear. I, out of fear, did not sign up for the MCAT. Then that following semester of college, I didn't touch my MCAT books. I didn't do anything. And then winter break rolled around and I was like, okay, I'm taking this exam in January. So when did you decide that you were taking the exam in January as well? So I actually didn't start doing my content review in the summer that you started. 
I started doing it in August, I think. So like I was trying to do content review with school and I was taking four classes and they were four difficult classes. Taking hard classes, doing the content review, like I felt very behind. So then when I got to that point in um, December, I was like, no, I need to use this break to focus on content, which means I need to push the exam back. And that's mm -hmm. when I decided to push it back from January to March. So question for both of you, just to clarify, you had already set a date in January or you just had the intention of taking in January? I signed up for the January test date. Mm -hmm. Same. Okay. And I'm asking this because uh, whoever is listening, January is a very, very popular time to take the MCAT. Mm -hmm. So if you are planning on taking the exam in January, you have to sign up in advance. Not, yeah. hey, it's December, the last week of December. I think I'm ready to take the MCAT. Let me sign up for January. Nope, it's going to be gone. You'll probably get something in March or April then. Yeah, so my thought process behind signing up for a January test date was that I spent all of June and July, you know, going through the Kaplan books and learning the material. So what I'm going to do is after finals are done, I'm going to brush up on content and then I'm going to spend three to four weeks doing practice questions and practice exams and just gearing up to take the exam uh, in the middle of January. But by the time I finished my semester, I realized all the content review I had done had basically just gone out the window and that I was going to have to start fresh. A month out from my test date, mm -hmm. I decided I need to push my test back to March. Mm -hmm. So that is the story behind me and Zella going from January to a March test date. So now that we knew that we had the same test date in March, we made our own respective schedules, but we made sure that the other person was, you know, we were holding each other accountable mm -hmm. for what we had set ourselves to do. And we FaceTimed every single day and no talking, literally just on FaceTime yeah. for seven hours, complete silence. But it was just so comforting to know that I am not studying by myself for this mm -hmm. dreadful exam. Yeah, like we weren't studying together per se, but we were studying in each other's presence. Aside from having myself to hold accountable, Shreya was holding me accountable. So I had to make sure to get my stuff done. So I didn't want to get yelled at. So. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't study with Shreya and Zilla because I had a different test date. but. We did have a group chat and I would message them a lot and talk to them about how my studying has been going and how I'm stressed out. Um, and I remember there was a point where I had a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Shreya and I told her, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think I'm going to make it. I have backup plans. If, if not med school, I'm going to do something else. Or if I don't get into this cycle, I'm just not going to med school anymore. That's it. And I started freaking out and Shreya was like, that's not going to happen. And even if you don't get in the cycle, we're just going to try again. Like you can't just give up now because your MCAT scores aren't where you want it to be. I remember this. I, yeah, she was like, you know what? This isn't going to work out for me. I'm going to graduate. And then I think you talked about pursuing a master's because you yeah. wanted to become like a professor. Is that what it was? I, I thought that I'd probably do a master's, maybe study sociology, start teaching. I don't know. Yeah. I had different ideas. Yeah. And so I was like, listen, we didn't go through all of this. We have not gone through everything from freshman year until now. 
for you to give up before you even take the exam. But I mean, hey, that's what we're all here for. You know, we've all had those moments where I think each one of us at least twice has been like, this is not going to work out. I'm not going to be a doctor. I have to give up on this. But look where yeah, we you have now. to have a strong support system. This is this is what I'm trying to say. You really have to have a strong support system when you're taking this exam and going through the process. Exactly. And having friends that understand you is the absolute best support system in this process. Yes, 100% agree. So from January to March, basically, uh, once we got back for spring semester, me and Zelik, we started on our 5 a.m. routine. At this point, we had gotten through content, but in hindsight, we had not gotten through as much as we should have. What we had planned for the spring semester was, okay, you know, we wake up at 5 a.m. every day because we know that not only do we have to be on top of our school assignments and exams and projects, we need to stick to our MCAT studying schedule. And we also have to take into account the orgs that we're doing, you know, the social organizations as well as the schooling. It's important to have a balance. It was hard. Especially the the balancing your life outside of studying, it was not easy. We definitely came across a few obstacles, but again, it just circles back to make sure you have that strong support system behind you that's reminding you, you know, why you're doing this and this is temporary. It sucks, but it's temporary. Also, you mentioned how like we kind of had content done, but we really didn't have content done. When we were doing our content review this the first time around, we were writing notes and we would never look at the notes again. Biggest like, red we're flag. writing it and that's like the worst way to study. That is passive studying. And for the MCAT, you need to be studying actively. But again, everyone studies differently. So if note taking is how you are efficient and it's how it helps you, by all means, go for it. it we just figured out that note taking was taking way too much time. We rarely went back mm -hmm. and looked at them. And it just mm -hmm. was not efficient at all. And how we changed that the second time around, we'll get to that in yeah. a few minutes. Mm -hmm. Something that I really wanted to add was during this process, when you're studying with your friends and everything, please, I beg all of you, because I, I, I'm sure all pre-meds do this. Do not compare yourself to the next person. If somebody is getting a score of a 515, 520, whatever it is, better than you on your practice uh, exams, okay, that's fine. That's what you they're getting. You guys are learning at different paces. You guys have different uh, studying methods. Do not compare yourself. And what really, really matters at the end of the day is what you get on your actual exam. That's what's the most important. You're putting in the effort. Your hard work is going to shine through. Please do not compare yourself because it's only going to drag you down and it's just going to stress you out even more. Retweet. But yeah, coming back to what we did during the semester, we had set our schedule. We were up at 5 a.m. every day. We made sure to have a good breakfast. And I'm honestly really surprised that we stuck to this for that long because we were very good at getting to our university library by like 6.37 in the morning, whenever it opened, um, studying for two, three hours before class, because most days our classes started at nine or 10. And after class was done, we would come back, um, set aside that time for something else, 
regard, depending on the day, because every day is different and every week is different. The way we were studying was honestly very commendable and I am very proud of us for sticking to it. Me and Zola got handpicked a few dates where we were like, we are going out these days and our normal routine of going out on Friday and Saturdays is not happening for these two months because we have to get this exam done and over with. Come March, COVID hits, our life as we knew it at that point just completely turned upside down and our March dates got canceled. Mm-hmm. I guess it was like a silver lining because we could study more for it, but also it just kind of extended how much longer until we could actually get this exam over with. But little did we know that we were going to take it a second time. So, Yeah, and um, I feel like the first time that like when it got canceled, we were kind of ready to take the exam too. So like for me, I was like, man, another three months of studying because they canceled it from what, March to May. The earliest test date that we could get was June. And that's what we ended up doing. And that's postponing it a few months. And so now you have to keep what you have learned in the past three or four months and keep reviewing that over and over again. So you don't forget all the stuff and you have to keep practicing over and over again. It definitely caused burnout. And not only that, they really played us. They changed the freaking format of the exam. Uh, When we took it in June, instead of taking the eight hour version, we took the five hour version and no more lunch break. It was just three 10 minute breaks between each section. So that was really, really an unexpected curveball because not only are we adapting to a new test format, your stamina has to change too. The way you take the test and how you pace yourselves. And with this uh, test prep, companies were scrambling at the time to make shorter versions to help students out. But because it was announced in such a short period of time, you guys probably had maybe a month or a couple of weeks to get access to those five-hour exams and practice with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that Altius had one. Yes. Altius. And then the other one was Next Step, which is now called Blueprint, which had five-hour exams. Uh, Of course, they were definitely helpful, but you guys had such a short period of time to get accustomed because for over a year now, you've been studying for this eight-hour exam. Mm -hmm. And then within a month, you have to switch everything up and go to a five-hour exam. Mm -hmm. I had maybe two months to adjust to it instead, a little bit more time. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say that. And also the, the fact that we were practicing with the regular full lengths up until that point. We have built up our stamina for that. But then when you cut it down and you're like, okay, now we need to reformat. But then you don't get that 30 minute break to relax and eat your lunch or just like take a minute for yourself. That's when I think things got a lot harder. So, yeah, we ended up taking it in June. We got our scores back in July. And yeah, it was disappointing. It was not good. From July to August, I just sulked. But then we, you know, we dusted ourselves off, got back up, started studying for this exam again because we weren't about to just give up. So now that we've all kind of touched upon our journeys to taking the MCAT, now we can dive into the materials we used, how we studied, and more specifically, what me and Zella did different our second time around. Mm -hmm. A couple of things that all three of us used were 
Anki, Anki, yes. however you say it, U World. Amazing. Yeah. The double AMC section bank, Q packs, mm -hmm. full links, exactly. and Jack Weston for cars, for me at least. Uh, I didn't use Jack Weston. I bought the Next Step book. They have a book of a uh, hundred passages, which I use to practice. So for those of you who are listening and don't know what UWorld is, um, it is a question bank of about 2,000 to 3,000 questions. And most of the questions are passage-based, like you'll have some discrete questions here and there, but you have a lot of passage-based questions for each subject. And they'll also divide each of the sections of the MCAT. So you'll have biology divided into subtopics, chemistry will be divided into subtopics, physics will be divided into subtopics, so you get a feel of what topics you need to place more emphasis on, you know, like what you need to study more. With all of that, when you're doing the UWorld practice questions, they give you explanations on each answer choice, why you got it wrong and why the correct answer is the correct one. And then beneath that, there will be paragraphs of content review. So while you're practicing, you're also getting a refresher on the content review that you did prior to starting practicing UWorld. I, yeah, I definitely think UWorld is a really, really good resource. Um, it's a subscription. So you have the option for like a three, three month plan, a six month plan, a year plan. So you do what's, you know, obviously best for you during your timeline, but hundred percent UWorld is the way to go. The first time Shrey and I took the exam, we did do UWorld, but we did not do as many questions as we should have. Do every single question by the time you are going to take your exam i highly we all highly recommend that you have done every single question that you world has to offer because each one is a learning experience when you're reviewing your your world questions not only do you want to be reviewing questions that you got wrong also review the ones that you got right because you're going to flag mm -hmm. some you might have guessed on some okay mm -hmm. another learning opportunity like you world will allow you to do that, which I think is its greatest like feature. And another thing with UWorld is you can also make flashcards within them. I never used that feature the first time, but the second time I made my own flashcards using Anki um, or Anki. I like to say Anki, but I don't know how it's really pronounced. Um, <laughs> so I would make flashcards based off of questions that I got wrong and the questions I got correct because, again, they would literally explain the whole all the content. And then you can make flashcards based off of that content. And they'll also have pictures and diagrams in there, too. So if you're a visual learner, it's a really neat resource for the MCAT. Yeah. And Zalik just mentioned Anki, and I mentioned it in the beginning of when we were talking about this. Um, Anki, for those of you who may not know, is a app that you can download for free on your computer and it is a flashcard app, but it's not like Quizlet. What Anki does is it's specialized in spaced learning. Unlike Quizlet, where you just move on to the next one, Anki gives you the option of, okay, I didn't know this card, let's do it again in less than 10 minutes. Uh, it'll give you the option of, okay, I was okay with this card. So I want to see it back within one to two days. Or you know what? I have this topic down. Don't show me this card for another four days. Like it gives you options and you, based off what you know, can determine, do I need to see this card again or am I good and ready to move on? 
Like You World Anki is another really valuable resource to have because that spaced recall and spaced learning will really come in clutch. Another thing that Anki has is this feature called closed deletion. I don't really know how to explain it in words and better what's showing you how it is. I got you. So basically, Anki has a lot of really cool features that even we have like yet to discover because again, it's really not user interface friendly. It's like a whole new world. Yeah. One of the really cool features that uh, Anki has is you can put in a diagram. Say you have a diagram of like, we're just going to go with the mitochondria. You have different parts of the mitochondria labeled. So what you can do in Anki is go in and you can blur out basically the different things that are labeled. And from one diagram, you can make multiple cards for each label that's on that picture. And it'll basically, bl it'll blur that one label out and everything else will still be there. It's a really cool feature. And um, I think especially if you're a visual learner, it's a great way to incorporate that into your flashcards for studying. Was that a good enough explanation, Zelik? Yes, um, that was really good. I would not have been able to explain it that way. <laughs> I also had a great experience with Anki. And Shreya's right in that it's very helpful with the visual representation. I think that I am a visual learner. So I want to add, I used Khan Academy videos for a lot of my MCAT prep as well. And I know that Double AMC liked it so much that they want to buy it from Khan Academy. So if you are a visual learner, 10 out of 10 would recommend the Khan Academy videos because it lays the foundation. The questions that come after are kind of basic, but to lay a solid foundation to make sure you know what the basics are, I would go over those videos. Because we're talking about Anki, uh, I think that was one of the biggest changes me and Zelik made between our mm -hmm. first time taking the MCAT and second time. Zelik mentioned that the first time we did handwritten notes and it just took a lot of time and we weren't, you know, really going back and taking advantage of the notes that we had taken. So the second time around, at least, you know, I'm going to speak from my personal experience. When I was redoing my content review and going through my books again, instead of taking notes, for the chapters that I was studying in a day, I made Anki cards for those chapters. So I had like mm -hmm. my bio chapter one, bio chapter two, chapter three, and I had cards that I was adding. So based on the chapter and, you know, how strong or weak I was in it, some of my chapters had 15 cards in them and some of them had 50. So again, it just, you know, depends on you and what your strengths and weaknesses are. But that really helped me get through content a lot faster. And it also is a very efficient way for me to review these chapters every single day and just build upon what I had already done. Yeah, I did something similar with Anki in the sense that I also was making flashcards while doing my content review, but I didn't separate them by chapter. I separated them by subject. So um, I did biology, biochemistry, chem like whatever book I was doing. So that I would get like the same flashcards over and over again from previous chapters. And I kind of tried to mix it up and shuffle them a little bit. So, and that's how I used Inky for my studying. 
the features that Anki has about, you know, when you see these cards again, what it does is the topics that you are weaker at and you need more review of, you will see those cards more often. Mm -hmm. And the topics that you have a stronger grasp on, you'll see them more spaced out. And so it just reinforces those topics that you really need help on, which helps with retention and just further understanding the topic. So when I was using Anki, I did not do what Shranza did in making their own cards. I kind of got lazy with that. And I went on Reddit and downloaded pre-made Anki cards. There were a few, and I can't remember the names. If you guys remember them, please say them. Miles Down for Psych Social. Miles Down. I liked Miles Down because it wasn't too many cards, but it was like just the right amount for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used mine three months before. And I think something that you guys failed to mention about Anki is you have to do your daily cards. Because if you don't do your daily cards, let's say you set a goal for 200 a day. If you don't do the 200, it will double to 400 the next day. And if you don't do your 400, it will add on another 200 cards. And it'll keep piling up. So don't do that. Anki teaches you discipline as well. You need to stay on top of it and get your cards in every day. So when you're doing new cards a day, you can set a limit. So it won't show you more new cards, but it'll show you the cards that you've done in the past. So say you say like three days ago, you were practicing a card and you click three days from now, or you click five days from now on like a different card and you don't do anything for the week. So all of those cards that you've clicked three days, five days, four days, you know, like all of those are getting built up in your review. And that's where you will have 200, 400, 600 cards to review. And let me tell you, when you open up Anki and you have 567 cards waiting to be reviewed, you will lose your mind. And it's bound to happen. As much as disciplined as you want to be, there will come a day where you're like, screw it. I'm not doing Anki. I, I deserve this break because you can't put in break days for Anki. Anki don't know about no break days. So <laughs> um, it'll it's inevitable. It'll happen, but it's a learning experience and you grow from it and it changes you as a person and you become a better person, kind of, if you're not going absolutely psychotic. But we love Anki. We stand Anki. We do. We do. And we also love AMC material. Mm -hmm. I really love. Yep. And that's like really stressed the last month of the exam. You want to focus on AMC material. They have four practice exams that they give you. That's not including the diagnostic exam that you get. They have question packs. They have section banks, you know, and like each of them have so many questions. And AMC is the company that writes the MCAT exam. So whatever they're giving you, their prep questions, that's going to be most similar to what you will see on the exam. So it's very important for you to do all of those. And similar to you, World, do all the questions. Mm -hmm. That was another mistake that all of us made our, our first time around. Well, Iman only took it once. So it was a mistake me and Zelik made. We didn't do every single question, and I really regretted it, and I made sure that I did the second time around. We tried to. We tried our best to do all of them. 
But again, I was telling, I was mentioning earlier that we were trying to do content review at the same time as practicing, and that's where we went wrong. Yeah, those Q packs and section banks, it's not like U World where it's split up by category. It's just everything in one. So you have no idea what passage you're going to get. You have no idea what topic you're going to come across. So I would really recommend only really doing the AAMC practice questions once you are done with your content review. And they also, they don't have the explanations that U World have. Like they're not going to have couple paragraphs saying that this is the content you know like it'll tell you why each question is wrong but not in detail uh you go on reddit okay. there is a doc out there and it is a collaborative doc that are, that people who have taken the mcat can add to or like people who are studying for the mcat can add to and they they will write explanations for why an answer is right or why an answer is wrong i agree with shreya and Zalug that when you are studying for your MCAT, use the double AMC material during your last month, basically the last stretch before the exam. I was going to add that in your Princeton Review bundle, you get all of the AMC materials along with it. Mm -hmm. So you get the tests, you get the question packs, you get the section banks, everything. So yeah, the trifecta, AMC material, Inky and UWorld. Honestly, yeah, honestly. But of course, that doesn't mean that there aren't still other really good resources out there. These are just the three like most popular, most advertised, like every, almost every pre-med student uses it to prep for the MCAT. Um, some other resources I would recommend, like I said before, Reddit. If you go on Reddit and you look up explanations for literally any UWorld question, any AAMC practice question, you will find it because... Mm -hmm. Any question that you may think of, it's probably already on Reddit. Another good resource I would recommend, personally for me, was uh, Jack Weston for cars. Now, I'm not saying that it was representative of the AAMC cars, but I feel like cars is just practice. Mm -hmm. So I made it a habit to do two to three passages every single day. That was a fixed part of my routine for my MCAT studying. And I also feel like Shreya and I, we got a little bit better at cars when we actually started going over the cars passages together. So there was a point where both of us were doing the passages individually, and then we would talk about each question and why it's right or wrong or like what answer choice and why you can eliminate that. And having someone else to talk to about these questions makes it a lot easier. So if you do have like a pre-med buddy or anybody that you would be willing to, you know, just like do a little group study session with for not just cars or for not just cars, but any of the subjects. I feel like that's very beneficial too. Yeah. And with cars, I think what I caught myself doing was I was starting to think like Zelik in some ways, because when she would explain her rationale for why she picked an answer and her answer was right and my answer was wrong, I was catching on to how she was approaching these questions. And when I started kind of, you know, pairing that with my rationale it honestly like i saw a bit of an improvement in my car score again that's just something that me and zelik did it may work for you it may not work for you mm -hmm. we're just sharing you know our experience another resource that i highly recommend is the next step oh well now it's called blueprint their practice exams so you can get up to i think 10 practice exams and so you can pick whatever bundle you want if you want three you want five or 10, I think that's the number. 
those practice exams were actually very representative of my actual scores. I would say before that month that you are doing AMC material, start taking next step exams and just take a practice exam every week. And, you know, reviewing the practice exams is really important. The first time we took this exam, Shai and I did not thoroughly review our exams. Like we would review them, but we didn't review every single question, like, you know, including the ones that you're getting right. The second time around, we actually made an Excel sheet, and this was Shreya's idea, and it was super neat. She made an Excel sheet where we would put what topic that question was asking and then say, okay, we got the question right or wrong. Why did we get it wrong? And what is the main topic behind it? And a comment section for little notes that we can add to our Anki decks. Thoroughly reviewing your practice exams is really important because that helps ensure that when you see a similar question to one that you got wrong in the past, you're able to get that question right the second time around because you've already thoroughly reviewed it. Practice, practice, practice. That is key to the MCAT. Along with the next step online exams that you can take, what I used was the next step cars book and it has 108 passages in it. So I think like we mentioned earlier, CARS is just practice. Practice and reviewing your mistakes, what types of questions you're getting wrong. If you have 108 passages, I think you're going to improve at some point if you are tracking what you're getting wrong and making an effort to correct those mistakes. And then just kind of going back to what Shreya said, you know, um, just when I was in college, my dad would always tell me, when you study for an exam, have no regrets. You don't want it to be after your test, oh, if only I did this, if only I did this too. Literally, when you're studying for the MCAT, leave no stone unturned. You want to give it your all. This is a test that you're putting in your time and money into. It's an investment. Use your time wisely and also put in your best effort because your hard work won't go to waste. I promise you it's not going to go to waste. Yeah. And amongst all of this, I think the number one most important thing is please take care of yourself mentally, physically. This is not an easy exam. It is not meant for everyone to be able to take. And, you know, even just gearing up to start studying for this exam takes some mental preparation. And it's really easy amidst studying to forget that you need to take mm -hmm. care of yourself. You need those break days. You need to get out, touch some grass, breathe the air, feel the sun on your face. You know, like all of those things may seem like it's fine. I can do it after my exam. But trust me, do it. Yeah. And don't feel bad for doing it either. Like never feel bad for having to take a minute for yourself because you don't want to burn out. So if you burn out, then your productivity goes down. So it's a whole cycle, you know? So just make sure that you don't feel bad about it. And like Shreya said, touch some grass. <laughs> um, I promise you the more that you are focusing on your mental health it will help you while you're studying because you're just in a better mindset when you are mm -hmm. yeah 
And one thing is, and I know we all three of us definitely experienced this while studying, is there will be days where you feel like you didn't do enough. And maybe if you're looking at it very objectively, you didn't do as much as you did the day before. Mm-hmm. That is okay. Get your sleep, get your rest, try again the next day, start with a fresh mind, a clean slate, because every day you're building on what you've learned the day before. This is a marathon, not a sprint. I think that's a huge thing to remember mm-hmm. while studying for the MCAT. It may be a month-long marathon for you. It may be a three-month marathon for you, depending on you know, how much time you've set aside. But never go to bed beating yourself up because mm-hmm. you didn't do as well on the practice questions or you didn't complete every single thing on your to-do list. Yeah. And sleep. Shreya mentioned sleep. Sleep is so important. Make sure that you are resting and you are getting enough sleep. Please, please, please do not deprive yourself of sleep to study for this exam because you need sleep to focus for this exam. And also Shreya saying, you know, like, don't go to sleep ever feeling like you didn't do enough. But there were so many days where we, you know, we felt that and we cried. We cried to each other. We cried alone. You know, we all gone through that and I am not saying you won't because you will and you will have those days and our dms are always open like if you ever needed to talk about the struggles of you studying for the mcat or anything else you can always feel free to message us at any time on our instagram at the doctor says or you can email us at the doctor says at gmail.com we're here for you you know this is this can be a very toxic community but i think in more recent months and years it's become a lot more productive and supportive which we love to see so we're just you know we're here for you guys you got this i know everybody says it but you really do got this okay so i think we have reached the end of our episode for today thank you so much for joining in and listening to us talk about how we prepped for the mcat the advice we had and you know, just being sure to take care of yourselves. Like always, our next episode will drop two weeks from now, and we will be talking about allopathic medicine versus osteopathic medicine and how to figure out which field of medicine is the right one for you. It will be a very informational episode. We will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.